0: talking sports with Evan and uh, a a rare Monday show and decided to do a Monday show because got a very special guest on the show here today, Andy Herman, Pack-A-Day podcast and a million other things as well um, coming on to talk some uh, Green Bay Packer training camp and the Packers have their first preseason game coming up uh, in just a few days and want to get you on to get your thoughts on what's been happening thus far and thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, Evan, thanks so much for having me. Uh, not our first time. It's always great chatting with you. And yeah, it's obviously been a busy couple weeks. I can't believe we're on week three of training camp already. That seems beyond insane. Uh, but yeah, tons to go over, obviously, and uh happy to chat anything packers at any time, of course.
0: Yeah, again, appreciate it. And it is kind of crazy that it's week three already. It seemed like we just had our first practice, not you know, just yesterday, and now we All already right. have family night. And I guess I'll just get right to it. Um, family night was was uh Saturday. Yep. And just so what are some of your biggest takeaways thus far between family night and then training camp just as a whole?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think obviously what everyone always wants to talk about is Jordan love. Right. So I think Jordan and what I would really clarify and classify as the offense as a whole um, have had their ups and downs. And I think you know, Matt, Matt LaFleur has done a really great job of basically identifying it as such as well, where it's not just Jordan, right? Like everything has to work in harmony and in unison. And you've got a very young offense, specifically at wide receiver and tight end. And there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be a lot of volatility. And I think we've seen that throughout training camp. I think we saw that today. Um, today, I thought Jordan was the first time in any of the practices where Jordan had a couple really poor decisions. I, I've now basically put him at three you know bad decisions throughout practice and we're on day nine so that's not bad like first of all that's a very very good thing But two of them came today. Um, The very first play of team activities, he throws a pick right to to Darnell Savage, ends up being a pick six. Kudos and credit to Darnell Savage on the play uh, for making the read, jumping the route, and and taking it, picking it off, and taking it to the house, right? So, I mean, you have to tip your cap to the defense, too. But that was one – really, that was only the second one. There was a Quay Walker throw in a beginning of a two-minute drill, I think like a week and a half ago, where he also – you know, Quay dropped into zone – Jordan didn't see him. Jordan threw it right to Quay. Quay dropped that ball. But that that was the, the savage one was really the, only the second time where he's really thrown a poor pass and a poor decision in a practice. And then later in practice, in the red zone period, uh, he threw a ball to Jaden Reed in the back of the end zone. Carrington Valentine read it perfectly, made a great play on the ball, jumped in the air, was ready to make the leaping interception, only for it to go right through Valentine's hands and right into the hands of Jaden Reed for a touchdown, right? So i thought today was the first day and that's why we don't box score skill, right because if you're looking at the box score uh you see uh jordan love threw a completion for a touchdown to Jaden reed um in actuality he threw a pick right to carrington valentine valentine just dropped it and it ended up in the hands of you know Jaden reed for a touchdown so uh, a couple interceptions but at the same token you had Right after his first interception, which you always want to see how a quarterback is going to respond, he throws a 50-yard deep ball, the Romeo Dobbs, right on target, and what happens on that play, now it's good coverage by Keyshawn Nixon, it's a contested catch, no doubt about it, but Dobbs drops it, it's right in his hands, couldn't have handed it to him much better, and it bounces off of Dobbs' hands, and it falls ultimately incomplete, and Those are the type of plays that we've sort of seen from this offense is there's days where Jordan looks really good and just the offense not, you know, as a whole, not totally there. We've seen some drops from receivers. Jaden had a drop down the field and a great play that he made. Jaden had a drop on a touch on that today, but in in practice so far, Um, you know, you've had a, a Christian Watson drop. That was a beautiful throw down the field. So like if his receivers help him out a little bit more, those days start to look a little bit better on the flip side at family night. You had three different plays where wide receivers are open down the field to start family night, and Jordan misses all three of them. And then you had the very first day of practice where you had four guys that were open downfield, and Jordan missed all four. So it's been those ups and downs where there's moments of real, 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 real impressive stuff from Jordan. And I love his process, his decision-making. Like I said, today was the first day where you saw a couple throws where you're just like, ah, that's the first time we've really seen that in camp so far. Um, And then sometimes you see these receivers and they're coming up with great plays and other times um, they're not coming down with the catches that they need to come down with. So it's a function of where this offense is as a whole, and it just needs to be a little bit more crisp, a little bit more clean. And that's really kind of what we expected going in with a very young and inexperienced offense as a whole.
0: And before we jump back and a couple other things that training camp, I want to touch base on, just go back to Jordan love. Um, I guess with the season starting first game of the preseason pretty uh, at the end of this week, week one against the Bears right around the corner for the 2023 season, pretty much my expectations for Jordan Love is to show that he can be a starting quarterback in this league. Not, you know, wins, losses, whatever happens there is whatever, but just control what he can control and then just develop some consistency along the way. What are your expectations for Jordan Love this season?
1: Yeah, I think it's similar, but I think with also a level of growth, right? And I talked about this on my week two recap. I, I think I was more um, you know, confident and excited about Jordan's first week than most, even after a, a little bit of a tough first day. Second day, I think he was like six of seventeen or like the the, the passing percentage was poor on the second day, but I liked his decision making. And then you had the the walkthrough, and then the fourth day was his awesome day at camp on that Saturday um, where he was hitting receivers all over the field and certainly was playing with a level of confidence. But I really liked that week overall, just for his decision-making his ability to see the field going through progressions, making uh, the right reads, those sort of things. And then, but what I said after that Saturday practice specifically is now, how does he stack success? How does he take that into week two? And can he make that, that Saturday performance, the consistent performance? And then I thought week two for Jordan sort of plateaued a little bit. And we saw a lot of the same stuff that we saw in week one in week two. And I thought family night was a great example of that, where the first handful of throws were very similar to his first day of practice, where he missed a bunch of throws. The middle part was sort of nondescript and a couple of check downs, little throws here and there, but nothing of note. And then the last part was like that Saturday practice where he was just balling out and he hit five of his last throw, five of his last five throws, including just dominating the two minute drill and hitting throws at all layers of the field, including a gorgeous touchdown pass to Christian Watson at the end. So I, what I want to see is, you know, the step in the right direction. And I'm not saying we have to see that in week two or week three, I'm not expecting perfection at this point from Jordan, but I want to see those incremental steps of growth. And then you come back in the start of week three and the first throw is a pick six. And then he responds with a great throw, a couple incompletions and then ends the day, you know, questionable decision with the Carrington Valentine throw. But, you know, I think the last three throws were technically touchdowns, including the one to that should have been the pick, but still, um, and it's, I think it's, it's really growth related. And I'm with you that you want to set the bar, right? You want to make sure that he's at least the 22nd best quarterback somewhere in that range. Like there's a, there's a, a floor to it, but then it's, can he get to 21st, 20th, 18th, 16th, 12th, et cetera. And so on and so forth and see that growth through the course of the season. So those, those are the things that I'm really looking for.
0: And I know with, with Aaron there, things are kind of different. He's, you know, future hall of famer. Now he's in New York. Have you noticed any differences in the way practices are conducted? Uh, I've been hearing the comment that guys seem to be more loose. They seem to be more relaxed. Have you noticed anything like that from your observation?
1: Guys are loose and relaxed, and I think you can see that they're maybe being themselves a little bit more Honestly, though, I, I think if, if people are really truly remembering back to 2021, you know, when Aaron got into camp and was having fun and messing around and especially in like, what was it, 20 or maybe it was 21 where he's like wrestling Tim Boyle. And um, like he, he usually comes into camp pretty loose and, and easygoing. Now, as camp goes on, you know, that can that can change sometimes as things aren't going according to plan. but. I think the big difference is, especially with the younger wide receivers, right? Aaron had such a, and, and the like offensive linemen up front, Aaron had such a high demand for their productivity and exactly what he wanted from them. When these are young wide receivers, young offensive linemen, mistakes are going to be made. And it's not to say that you shouldn't hold them accountable, um, but- I think, you know, Jordan has realistic expectations and understands that he's in a similar spot where he's going through this for the first time. I think he can relate to a lot of those wide receivers a little bit better. And I think this is an offense that's growing as a whole. So you don't have, you know, Aaron, who's this perfectionist MVP here with a bunch of young wide receivers who are you know just trying to stay afloat. And some angst and frustration in between there, you've got Jordan, a young receiver group, a young tight end group, but some veterans mixed in like a Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones, et cetera. Uh, but for most part, a young offense, that's kind of taking their lumps together, having their first successes together and uh, just kind of growing as a team together. And I think there's a little bit more camaraderie and I think there's a little bit more just, you know, overall, I don't know, good vibes to it. And like I said, I don't, that, that's not a diss on Aaron. That's not anything like that. It's just, you, you can tell maybe there's a slight difference at this point.
0: I want to, you know, switch, get away from the quarterback position. When I, when I played football, lineman, high school, both sides, college is, you know, offensive line. So I, I pay attention a lot to the line play, the defensive line. They, they lose Reed goes back to Seattle, lose Dean Lowry. And now you've got a bunch of young guys trying to replace uh, those guys as snaps to go along with uh, play alongside Kenny Clark. What are your thoughts on the defensive line position right now? I've, Seen some nice stuff from, uh, from Wyatt. What are some of your thoughts there so far?
1: Man, I love this group and to be crystal clear, I'm not saying that that's going to amount to awesome play on the field in 2023. I think it's very similar to a young wide receiver group that has a lot of volatility with Dobbs and Watson and, you know, uh, Jaden Reed and Samari Touré and these guys really going through, I mean, we, we need to remember Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs didn't even play full seasons a year ago. You know, Samari Touré barely you know, played like a little over 100 snaps, right? So like, there's going to be a lot of, you know, like volatility there and just players playing their first full seasons if for that wide receiver group. But well, there's a lot of exciting players there, right? I go the exact same thing on this defensive line. Now they have a little bit different where they've got Kenny there, right? So that's a big difference where you don't have that one, you know, big one, a wide receiver for the wide receiver group. You've got Kenny on the defensive line, but the rest of that group from Devonte Wyatt to TJ Slayton, to Colby Wooden, to Carl Brooks, to even Jonathan Ford. I have loved everything I've seen out of those five. Now holding up at the point of attack in the run game through a consistent season where they're playing more and more snaps than they ever have before That's going to be a work in progress. There's going to be some issues from time to time, but this is a athletic gap penetrating fun group to watch that they are hunters. They are ready to get into the backfield. And I think that the difference here is where, you know, you're, you're trying to replace Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed. I thought Jerron had a solid season. Dean was okay, but like those guys had the inconsistencies too, but without the upside. And now I think you're going to see with Slayton and Wyatt, Brooks, Wooden, maybe even Jonathan Ford, you're going to see some of that inconsistency too. But the guys like Wooden, Brooks, Wyatt, Slayton, especially those guys have a ton of upside. Carl Brooks has lived in the backfield in practice. It's a lot of the number twos and threes that he's going against when he's done it. So he's going to have to do that against starters eventually, but he's lived in the backfield. Colby Wooden has a fantastic first step. And he is consistently making plays in the backfield. T.J. Slayton has been a nightmare for Josh Myers, eating his lunch day in and day out. And I feel like uh, uh, Devontae Wyatt, he bull rushed Royce Newman uh, in in family night, just ran him right over. He's one with spin moves. His one-on-ones have been fantastic. Like these guys look really, really good and they're really promising and really fun. Now, like I said, there's going to be some hiccups. There's no question about it. The, their ability to hold up on a line that you want to keep those two safeties back. That's going to be a big part of the defense this season, but there's some really fun players in that group, and I'm really excited to see what they can put together as a collective unit in 2023.
0: You talked about fun players jump to the offensive side of the ball on the line, play Zach Tom. I uh, enjoy watching him. Uh, Swiss, Swiss army knife kind of Elton Jenkins prior ACL could pretty much play everywhere. Yeah. Playing a lot of right tackle, filling in at center, uh playing with the first team at center a little bit. Do you think he starts uh at some point this season at that center position? He talked about an inconsistency, and I know that's one of the issues LaFleur commented on regarding the current starting center and Josh Myers.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit cloudy. I, I do think there's two starting spots up for grabs, obviously center and right tackle. You've got Myers, Zach Tom, and Yash Nyman that I think are theoretically battling for those spots. However, what I would say is, in my opinion, Zach Tom is going to get one of those spots. To me, he's the fourth best offensive lineman on the team. And he's. I would be shocked if he's not at either right tackle or center. And to me, then the decision becomes, do you want Zach at center? and Yash at right tackle, or do you want Josh at center and then Zach at right tackle? So it's more Yash versus Josh than it is Zach, Tom, in the conversation. It's just more of where do you play Zach and who's ultimately that fifth starter. Now, I think what clouds things a little bit, and it was awesome to see David Bakhtiari back at practice uh, today on Monday um, and, and seeing him take the first team reps and play with the team and everything like that. But Bakhtiari misses so many practices that in those specific practices, you usually see Yash at left tackle, which means Josh has to be at center, which means Zach is at right tackle, and you don't get a great feel. And because of that, Myers has to practice a ton at center, and Zach doesn't get a ton of practice at center. If I had to guess today, August 7th, as to what's going to happen a month from now, my gut tells me it is going to be David Elton, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., and Zach Tom at right tackle. But once that's sort of settled and the smoke is cleared and that's what they go with week one I think the leash is going to be incredibly short on Josh and if there's issues whether it be with the snap whether it be with run blocking whether it be with pass protection I think you'll see pretty quickly them try to pivot and say you know what not anymore we're going to put Zach at center we're going to put yash at right tackle and we're going to go with that instead but I think it's still up for grabs. I think it, it could still go in a variety of different ways. But if I had to guess today, that's probably what I think will happen.
0: And just got two more quick areas I want to uh, uh, discuss with you here. Biggest news of the day was Sean Gary activated from the pup list. Uh, after right. being, passing his physical doesn't mean he's going to be suiting up, ready to go full goal tomorrow. Just means that he's now practicing with the team Do you think he is on the timeline to play week one against Chicago or do the Packers do what they did last year with Jenkins and Bakhtiari and wait a week before starting them as they didn't want to have them start on turf? I know Chicago's grass, but usually not the best field. (laughs) Usually not the best field there. What do you uh, envision him happening with him?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, I think, I think if Rashawn is ready to go in any capacity, like they're going to have to like give him a tranquilizer dart, probably multiple to get him off the field because he has worked so insanely hard to get to this point. Um, that I think if they try to not activate him uh, week one, if he's ready to go, uh, I think that's going to probably be a bit of a problem. Um, and, and sometimes you need to save the player from himself, right? And as you mentioned, that Chicago field, not great. It's probably one of the last places you'd like Rashawn maybe making his his debut coming off the torn ACL. Either way, right? If he's not ready, then they'll, they'll be a million percent cautious with him. And if it takes till week five, seven, whatever it is, they would do it. I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. And if I had to put a guess on this as well, as we sit here today, my guess is he probably plays week one, but I think they will be extremely cautious with him. And I think that they will, even in that scenario where he plays week one, I think it'll be a very limited snap count, maybe some obvious pass rush situations, get him, you know, 10 to 12 reps in that game, maybe 20, if he's feeling amazing and, and be done with it and just get him that, that game action. And then, and then move on to week two from there. Um, so we'll see A, nothing set in stone. And, you know, with the, the, the road games to begin with, I think, it, you know, if they want to hold on until that, the home opener and have him play in that game, like they could certainly go in that direction. Uh, but either way, awesome news that he's back practicing. He's worked insanely hard. And my guess is he's back sooner rather than later.
0: And to go along with Gary talking about the defense, and I think it's fair to say that with Joe Barry as a coordinator, it's been very Jekyll and Hyde with the defense these two years. He typically starts out very slow. Defense isn't playing well. All of a sudden something changes. The defense plays really well. And then last year, same thing kind of happened, started out kind of slow picked it up, and then when we got to Detroit, went back into a lot of the old habits that the defense had been using earlier in the year a lot of the soft coverages And that. Alexander's talking about playing more press coverage and man coverage. I know you commented about uh, Rasheel Douglas's camp this far on Twitter earlier today. At least I think it was you. Um, is Barry switching up or the Packers switching up the uh, Fangio-style defense it, they've been attempting to run the past couple of years and playing more physical or what do you think we're going to see there? Because the um, contest by Alexander is very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, so uh, what what Alexander was talking about was you know playing a little bit more up and not playing quite as far off, um, just based on some of the coverages that he's in and, and just being a little bit more aggressive. And I think I, I forget who was asked whether I think it was probably Lafleur. I mean, basically, he's like, well, it doesn't really matter. Jair is whether he's in off, if he's in man, if whatever he's in, Jair's Jair. Like Jair doesn't have to worry about it as much, right? Because he's just he's that freaking good. You can cover in a variety of different ways and be effective. I do think they're challenging Jair to be a little bit more aggressive. And see if he can you know even be better um, than having to play off a little bit but uh, here's the, here's the real thing right like this is 2023 and you can't play any specific one style of defense. You can't, you can't just do the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to just play cover three. Yes. You're going to, there's a ton of cover four in the modern NFL. So cover two, some cover six, you're going to get some cover three. You're, you're, you're going to get a variety of different looks. You're going to get some man. You're going to get some press. You're going to get all of it. Um, but you have to know how to do all of it. And if you start just going being like, you know what Rezul's a, and I know, you know, this Evan, but um, you know, if, if results, a press man and Jair is best in press man and, and Keyshawn can hang in press man. And that's what we think we're going to be really good at. We've got the safeties to cover the tight ends, and like that's that's the way that we want to play football. That's great, um, but as you know, like they can go bunch formations, get free releases, have. V- play man beaters all day. And you're just going to be totally, it doesn't matter how good of corners you have. It doesn't matter. Like they're going to do, they're going to pick and rub you to death if they know exactly what's coming. So the name of the game is obviously, you know, be, you know, being able to mix things up, being able to be effective in whatever coverage is called. And I thought Jair's comments the other day of, and it was beautiful. And I think he's really taking on quite the leadership mantle, you know, in in being one of the more veteran guys in the defense. Now, I, I think last year there was a lot of, disagreement within the defense altogether with you know where you ultimately what type of defense they ultimately wanted to play in certain situations and things like that and Jair what he said in practice the other in post practice the other day was it doesn't matter what's called we are good enough in the defensive backfield that if it's it doesn't matter the like call, whatever we can, we're good enough to go out and execute it. If you want to play off, we know how to execute. If you want to play press, we know how to execute it. And that's, I think the, the real leadership from Jair and just saying it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, they're, they're obviously using everything in practice. They're not just going vanilla. They're going to go and show a ton of different coverages. And I think that's, what's exciting about this season is that they are confident in whatever's called. And I think what the big thing, of course, you want to see is those, those third and, four situations where everyone's playing 10 yards off. I don't think you're going to see that as much anymore. And I think that's where everyone was a little bit frustrated, including the players, I think, including Matt LaFleur at times. And I think that's, what's going to be the, the big change.
0: Yeah, it was, for me, it was frustrating because when Mike Petton was the coordinator, LaFleur talked about how frustrating it was playing so soft, so soft off the receivers so constantly. And then Barry comes in, does the exact same. And it was just, to me, that was frustrating. Um, before I wrap it up, one final question. So I say it's probably been almost a decade ish, maybe a little less that we've seen the ones get a lot of play, especially on offense in preseason. Mike McCarthy really stopped doing it towards the end of his tenure. We haven't seen the ones much in train uh, preseason under the floor. How much do you think the ones play this year in uh, preseason?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to play some this week. Uh, My guess is Jair doesn't play. I guess, as as, as Matt sort of mentioned today, that there's probably going to be a handful of players. I don't think Bakhtiari is playing in the preseason, although, um, you know, there has been some mention of if Jordan's going to play, they want the ones to play. Obviously, that's Bakhtiari. I just don't think they're risking Bakhtiari in the preseason. I think they're going to feel good enough about Yash at left and Zach at right that they can go out there and protect Jordan. But I do expect the the ones to play, especially on offense for this young offensive group. And I think they're going to be, they'll hand select some players that just won't play. I think rightfully so. Um, But, you know, they're at they're at a point where this this team, like every snap is valuable, whether it is in the the joint practices this week against Cincinnati next week against New England, whether it's the preseason games, whether it's the regular season games, this season is based on developing Jordan and developing this these young players as a whole. There's four players over the age of 28 on the team right now. This is a young team. And they need to figure out how to grow together, play together, and just get experience together. And the, the truth of the matter is, is as much as this is like, you know, maybe painful for some to hear and, and maybe don't want to think of it this way, your 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 expectation is not a Super Bowl this year, right? It's not to say they can't, it's not to say they won't, it's just that's not the expectation going in. And where you almost have to look at this is like these are opportunities for these young players to get better. And if something does happen, it does is it that much different right now if it's in week two of preseason or if it's in week two of the regular season? I don't think so because again, your your next Super Bowl window is probably in, in 2024, 2025, or whenever Jordan Love and this young core is ready to open up that window. So I think that these are opportunities for this group to get better together and you know, probably see a little bit more vanilla defense and just kind of gel together and hopefully get some rhythm as they go into the season and then are going to see the real bullets flying and defenses specifically scheming for Jordan in this offense. So we'll see what happens, but I, I would expect, especially in these first couple games, and then maybe, maybe that third one, depending on how things go, they'd be a little bit more cautious, but th- this is definitely a, a number one offense specifically that's going to need some time together in preseason.
0: Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining me here today, uh, Packaday Podcast. If you want to let our watch viewers and listeners know where they can find that information, uh, they want to, you know, I encourage them to check it out uh, for sure because it is great daily content that you and your team put out.
1: I appreciate that, Evan. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast, and you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast, as well as a daily episode on YouTube as well, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. So make sure to check that out.
0: Well, thank you for coming on, and for those watching and listening, uh, we'll have another show later this week, more uh, Brewer centric. Uh, hopefully, they do turn it around against Colorado, so it's more positive rather than inventing. So this has been Talking Sports with Evan and I'll get back at you later this week.